It's good to see everyone for uh, for coming. This coming on Wednesday, of course, is uh, Tainus Esther. I wanted to discuss a certain aspect of Tainus Esther, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see that perhaps that theme that uh, exists with regards to Tainus Esther might actually represent a larger theme with regards to many of the mitzvahs of Purim, and perhaps put some of them into uh, a different perspective. They say the Abu Draham, one of the Rishonim, writes that uh, Tainus Esther is uh, one of the only, the, the only Tainus that doesn't really appear anywhere in the Gemara explicitly. It's not mentioned anywhere in the Gemara. It's mentioned by the Rishonim, but not in the Gemara. That's what the Abu Draham writes over here. Of course, it's not Mefurish in the Pasuk. It's not mentioned in the Gemara explicitly anywhere. Therefore, the Ramah writes, by the way, just a halacha note, the Ramah writes that even though normally to break your fast on a Tainus Sibur, Including Tisha B'av, a person has to be a chayla she'ain by sakana. Yom Kippur, of course, you have to be a chayla she'yesh by sakana. But on uh, any other tainus, it's enough if you're a chayla she'ain by sakana. But you have to be a chayla. On uh, tainus Esther, since it's not mentioned anywhere in the Gemara, the uh, threshold is a little bit lower. And the Ramah writes, even if you are mitzdar harbe, you're significantly uncomfortable. One could also break his uh, break his fast because the tainus is not mentioned anywhere in the Gemara. But there is a remez, even though it's not mentioned explicitly, the Rishonim say there is a remez to Tainus uh, Esther and the Gemara Megillah on that basement Aleph. The first Mishnah in Megillah, as we are aware, the Mishnah says one could read under certain circumstances and certain locations, one could read the Megillah on the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th, and of course the 14th and the 15th. But what is the marker that you could read the Megillah on the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th? So in the 11th and 12th, the Gemara in Megillah, Bezim et Aleph, over here is the second line, learns it out from the Pasuk, that we should fulfill Purim in its times. So the Gemara uh, derives that there were many times, and that comes to include 11 and 12 of, uh, of Adar. How do we know you can lay in the Megillah under certain circumstances on the 13th? So Mara said, we only know from Bisman Ahem two days. We know uh, the 11th and the 12th. How do we know the 13th? So the Gemara says, that was a Zman That was a time that they all gathered together, and we don't need a Pusik to include it. What does it mean it was a Zman They all gathered together. So Rashi says, they gathered together. They gathered together in order to uh, seek revenge from those who tried to kill them. That was the day the Jews got together and uh, took revenge. So it was a time of war. So the Rush in Megillah quotes from Rabbeinu Tam, who disagrees with Rashi, and he says, if that's the case, the Gemara should have said, Zman Melchama Lakohi. It was a time of war. Not Zman Kihila Lakohi. So therefore, Rabbeinu Tam understands the Gemara entirely differently. Rabbeinu Tam says, no, Piyush Rabbeinu Tam, Zman Kihila Lakohi, that everyone gathers together for Tainus Esther. That was the day that they all fasted in the time of the Megillah Sester. So the Rosh says the reason why one could lay in the Megillah on uh, Tainus Esther on the 13th, uh, I'm sorry, on the 13th is because it is Tainus Esther. And therefore, Rabbeinu Tam says, Mikan Nero, Rabbeinu Tam Sav, the Tainus Esther. Here you see a Ram as an allusion to Tainus Esther in the Gemara. In the Gemara Megillah on that base, that's why one could read the Megillah. So, but we are still left with Rabbeinu Tam, even according to the Pshat of Rabbeinu Tam, we're still left with a little bit of explaining to do as to why just because it's Tainus Esther, does that mean one can lay in the Megillah? What, how does Tainus Esther imply or dictate 
that uh, it should be a day that's uh, that's appropriate to read the Megillah. So, so, tell me on a new kindness? It's a kindness. No, because the class of kindness has in the Megillah was not before Purim. Oh. So he's saying they fasted on the 13th also. He's yeah. Kindness before the Mohammed. Before. Right. Right. Before yeah. The before. Right. We never say that. So in the Sefer Kudjus Chanukah Megillah from Rav Torchin, we mentioned it previously, Talmud from the Briskerov, he explains that for Rabbeinu Tam, we see that the, uh, the nature of Tainus Esther is not the same as the other Tanesim. It's not that we're fasting as a Tainus of Avelus or a Tainus of Tsar, rather Rabbeinu Tam tells us, why do we fast on Tainus Esther? Because they fasted. So since they fasted, we're trying to kind of recreate or reenact what took place in the times of Megillah Esther, and therefore we fast. But it's not that we're fasting as a typical type of fast. We're fasting in order to uh, recreate what they did at the time of the Megillah Esther. Because, 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 because she, because she no, said... No, she fasted. She told them... What? Well, that's not that she fasted. She fasted was later, right. Well, at the time of the Megillah Esther, I don't know if it corresponds to the date, but we fast to commemorate the fact that they fasted. Right, so maybe that's what they're talking about the time is here. Not before war. No, it's not before the war. It's when she told them to fast because she's going in. So since they fasted in those times, we are, we are fasting too to kind of commemorate that or reenact it. But then, to a certain degree, the Yom Tov of Purim has already begun. It's not that we're fasting as a, a typical Tainus. We are fasting in order to kind of, because they fasted, to kind of recreate what took place, uh, the climate that took place in the times of, uh, of the nation of the Megillah Esther. So if that's the case, now we understand how that implies that one could already lay in the Megillah because the Yom Tov has, uh, to a certain degree, already begun. But because of that, the nature, the tone of Tainus Esther is entirely different than the other Tainus. It helps us understand why perhaps you don't have to be a Chayla Sheimbo Sakana, but we find that Rishonim state explicitly that Tainus Esther is different than the other Tainus. One example of this is that Gemara says in Masechus Megillah that if, um, if Tishabav, as we know, falls out on Shabbos, so we push Tishabav off till Sunday. What, so Gemara asks, why don't we uh, proceed, why don't we make it earlier till Thursday? Sigmar says, We try not to, uh, we try not to uh, preempt Tsaris. We push them off. As, uh, we procrastinate when it comes to Tsaris. Many people procrastinate everything, but they procrastinate when it comes to Tsaris at least. We don't want to preempt it. We try and push it off. The one exception to this is, of course, Tainus Esther. If Tainus Esther falls out on Shabbos, as we know, we preempt it to Thursday. Or if Purim falls out on Shabbos, we also we push Tainus Esther earlier. Why is Tainus Esther different? So the Sheil Tois writes over here in Oishei, If Tainus Esther falls out of Shabbos, we bring it earlier. Why? Tainus Esther is not a Tainus of Avelos or Tsar, it's a time of Nais, meaning it's already the Yom Tov of Purmaza to, to a certain degree has begun, and uh, that already uh, enables us, let's say, to perhaps to re- lay the Megillah under certain circumstances on the 13th. Another uh, Rishon who uh, echoes the same sentiment is the Orchus Chaim from the Rimi Lunil. So Orchus Chaim writes, the Gemara says in Mesethus uh, Rosh Hashanah, I think, that there were days in the Megillah's Tainus. The Megillah's Tainus was a scroll of days, of minor holidays, that one was not allowed to fast. It wasn't a list of fast days. It was a Megillah's Tainus, days you were not allowed to fast, because they were Yom and Tavim. So in the Megillah's Tainus, one of the halachas also, one of the rules of the Megillah's Tainus was you couldn't fast on any of these minor holidays, many of which, of course, we don't have anymore, but you couldn't fast on these minor holidays, and you couldn't fast the day before or the day after. And Purim was in the Megillah's Tainus. It was one of these minor holidays. 
But yet we fast on the day before. So we Tysus already asked Masachtas Tainus, how do we fast the day before Purim? It's the day of Megillus Tainus. In the list of days you're not allowed to fast. And we're fasting before. She fasted three days. She fasted. We know what she fasted. Yes, that's correct. She fasted three days, yes. But, though, but I don't know if Carly said fasted. So we're recreating what Carly Yes. But we're not doing We don't have to be Esther. We're trying to be, be everybody else. So the Archas Chaim writes that that which we fast on the 13th is not an Avelos of Tsar or the Titus of Avelos. It's rather Zechel, the Titus Esther. To remember, not Esther's Titus, but the fact that everyone got together to fast because she was, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a precarious situation. So because we all fasted, so so too we fast on, uh, on Titus Esther. Again, to kind of uh, regain that climate of the atmosphere, to recreate the climate of the atmosphere that the, the Nisim of Purim took place. So that's the theme, per tone perhaps, of Tainus Esther. It's different than the other Tanesim. It's a kind of a reenacting of, the, uh, of what took place in the Megillah Esther. And I believe that there are other mitzvahs of Purim that fit into a similar framework. It might help us understand them a little bit better. One such uh, mitzvah on Purim is the Gemara in Megillah and Zayin Rebbeis. The Gemara says, As we know, A person has to drink on Purim Till he doesn't know the difference between Arahaman and Baruch Mordechai. What a strange Indian to drink. What? Can you explain that literally? We're going to. So what does it mean? We're going to spend a few minutes on it. I'm not going to gloss over it. What does it mean? <coughs> what kind of obligation is this to drink? All the Rishayim are, are, are bothered with this. It's not a very uh, Yiddish Indian to be a drunk. We have two, uh, two, uh, two people who were drunk in, uh, in Chumash. And then it didn't work out too well. <laughs> and light, it doesn't work out well. So it's not like the Luchumish is a, you know, a, a glowing endorsement of being a shikr. So what, what's going on over here? We have such an obligation on Purim. So because of that, the Achrayim, the Rishayim, try and uh, figure out what this is all about. So Sfasemus already writes in the Gemara, Ad Yada, Ad Ad it means you have to get uh, till you don't know the difference, but not that you should totally lose your senses. You totally lose your senses. You don't know the difference, so then what's the point? You should drink odd until you know odd when our humble Baruch Mordechai. Then uh, there's no point. You don't actually have to get there. That's where you should. Uh, that's where you should stop. The Yad Ephraim on the Shulchan Aruch writes that he saw b'chaloim. I don't know why that's such an authoritative source, but he says he saw in a dream. It's odd v'loy odd b'chal. Doesn't mean you're actually supposed to get there. And the Amek Bracha, quotes from Yisrael Salanter, the Amek Bracha was the Talmud of Biskirov, quotes from Yisrael Salanter, who went uh, a little bit further along these same lines of Ad Loyad, means Ad Veloyad Bechlal, and he had a diuk in the Lashon of the Rambam. If you look at the Lashon of the Rambam, Oy Zion, the Rambam writes, Ketzad Hichayva Sudazu, how does one fulfill the Sudah of Purim? Sheyoychal Basar, you should eat meat, and you should drink wine. But there's a difference in the tense between, grammatically, between means you should eat meat. It's kind of like in the past. You should eat meat. But he doesn't say that when it comes to drinking wine. He should have said, but he says, implies you are still drinking. Meaning the mitzvah of the Suda is you should eat meat. There's a certain amount of meat you have to eat. But drinking, there's no shear. You're supposed to be drinking the entire suda. When do you stop? Adulayada. If you're getting to already lose your senses, then a person should stop. But really, you're supposed to be drinking the entire suda. A person should be drinking. But he should stop. Adulayada. So let's say a person drinking already, he's uh, losing himself. He should stop. So abrupt, then uh, gets a little bit more, comes back to himself, then he should drink a little bit more. He should be drinking the entire suda. Okay. 
So you're not supposed to get mamish adloyada. You're not supposed to have, be, be to such a degree. But still, what is this about? To have a sudo you're drinking the whole time. So I think we could understand that again a little bit. Uh, if we add another aspect over here, and that is that the Rambam seems to imply the mitzvah to drink is only b'say chasuda. What is the nature of Suda's Purim is you should be drinking. But he never says, and never says really anywhere in the Gemara, that you're supposed to be drinking outside of the context of the Suda. It's not certainly not at night, but even during the day of Purim, only beside Chasuda. And that's the implication from the Gemara, which brings up the whole obligation to drink in the context of the Suda's Purim, right before others, the halachas of the Suda's Purim. But also, the Gemara tells the story, the well-known story of Rabbi and Rabzeira. On the first line over here, back in Oisvav, Rabbi and Rabzeira, Abdu Sudas Purim, Bahadi Adadi, they made a Sudas Purim together. Ifsum, they both became uh, intoxicated. Come, Rabbi shachted the Rabzeira. And Rabbi slaughtered Rabzeira. The next day, he was Mavakish Rachmim, or he performed Chiyas Amesim, and he brought Rabzeira back to life. The next year, Rab invited Reb Zera to the Suda again. He said, Nei we had such a good time last year. <laughs> so he said, no, I'm a lay. Reb Zera passed. He said, Bechol Shaita V'Shaita M'Zrachis Nisa. Not every year are Nisa and Tchiyas HaMesim going to happen. So he passed. So we shot him ask, why wasn't he afraid to be in the proximity of Rab? He should have said, you know what, I'm away. Don't bother coming. No Shalach Monas. He was only afraid to have a Suda with him. Why was he only afraid to have a Suda with him? So we should say because the obligation of drinking is only b'say chasuda. There's no obligation to drink not b'say chasuda. Why should it only be b'say chasuda? Only b'say chasuda. Why? If there's an obligation to drink, why does it have to be in the context of a suda? So the bir halacha here quotes from the Avudraham or Zion, where the bir halacha again is struggling with this uh, problem. How do we drink on Purim? What kind of obligation is this? It's not a Yiddish concept. So he writes in the second line, They were all through, all the Nisim of the Megillah were through Ketayv Lev HaMelech Bayayin, or Esther Maidin Haman to a Mishtayayin. Everything is happening around the Mishtayayin. So if we're recreating, not only is Tainus Esther to kind of reenact what took place at the time of the Megillah Esther, we should fast, but even drinking a permit to kind of reenact how the Nisim took place, the atmosphere that it took place in. And they took place around the Mishtayayin. So that's why you have to drink during the Suda, and it's an obligation to drink, perhaps, what Yisrael Salanta said the whole time. You're not supposed to get the Adol Yadah, then you don't have no senses. What's the point? But you're supposed to drink throughout the Suda in order to label the Suda as a Mishtayayin. Because that's where the Nisim, the context of the Nisim of, uh, of uh, Perm took place. Rashi writes in Megillah, this could help us with the deal. Can Rashi, Rashi writes in Megillah, there's an obligation, you're obligated to drink, Rashi says, specifically wine. So, Rabbi Yosef Engel in his Goyane Ashas, and this Rashi says that it's Dafka wine. Why specifically wine? Why not uh, some other uh, alcoholic beverage? The answer is because that's what they drank in the times of, uh, that's what they were drinking, was a Mishtayayin. So, so too, all our Suda should be a Suda's Mishtayayin. This could also help us understand the Ramah. It's a very, again, the Rishonim uh, try and limit this obligation to drink because they, they ha- have a hard time understanding it. So the Ramah writes in Tafrej Sari Hesif Beis, over here, Ois Tes, that the Shokhanar, of course, the Gemara, as it appears, Chai Venish of Sumi Bapurya, but the Ramah writes, Yesh Aimim, they ain't Sarklish Daka Kokach. There's no obligation to drink too much. Ela Yishta Yoizimili Mudai. You should drink more than you normally drink. Because in those days, everyone had, you were unrefined if you didn't have meal with uh, wine with your meal. Everyone had wine with their meal. 
So everyone's drinking wine. How do you label it as a Mishnah Yain? So the Ramah says, more than you normally drink. So let's say you normally had one cup, you had two cups. What's that, the Pshad in that? The answer is, because now, that before, if you just have one cup of wine, that's what you normally drink. That's not a Mishnah Yain. If you have an extra cup, now that labels it as a Mishnah Yain. So that's why the Ramah says, perhaps you don't even have to drink Chai Vinish you don't have to drink the whole time, like Rabbi Yisrael Salanta was Medayik in the Rambam, perhaps you don't even have to drink the whole time, as long as you drank Yaisa you drank more than you normally would, uh, would drink, that's enough. I even saw that the, uh, the Chidah has many Svarim. I don't know if anyone published more Svarim than the Chidah. No, we don't even know them. The Chida has a sefer. Only Rabbi Yosef quotes a lot of them. So that's uh, many, many times we're familiar with them. But Rabbi Yosef quotes from a Sansan Leyoyer, which is one of the more, uh, I guess, uh, unknown swarm of the Chida. Where the Sansan the Chida writes, when the Gemara says Chayv Inish Lipsume Bepuria, you have to drink. I'm Purim. He touches Bepuria doesn't mean Purim. Purya could also mean, as we'll see in a second, a bed. So he says, Chayv inish lipsume bepuri, you have to be lying down on a bed. Why? Because Haman fell on the bed, Sha'esther Aleha, that Esther was on. So again, the nace took place not only in the Mishtayayin, but while they were lying down on the bed. So Chidah says, really, you're supposed to drink on Purim uh, while you're lying down on a, on a couch, while you're lying down on the bed, because the Nisim of Purim took place while they were lying down on the bed. So again, so again, the drinking of Purim, perhaps that's an uh, obligation to drink, like it's an obligation to eat, wine, to eat meat, it's rather an obligation to label the Suda as a Mishtayayin. If that's the case, perhaps we could even push it a little bit further and say you even don't even have to drink at all, as long as you're acting drunk. That's enough. The Gemara says in Masechus Bar Metziah, there are three things that Talmidic HaKamim regularly lie about. One is B'Mesechta, if someone asks you, you learned to start Masechta, you're supposed to lie and say you didn't. You're not supposed to lie and say you did if you didn't. That's a, another, another time we'll talk about that. But you're not supposed to lie and say that you, you're supposed to lie and say that you didn't learn it. Or Bushpiza, if you had a nice host, you're supposed to say the host was mediocre. You're not supposed to say that, yeah, that's the best meal in town because then everyone will uh, flood that host. So you're not supposed to do that either. And Bipuria, Nyane Tash you're supposed to lie about. So the Marsha writes on that Gemara, Bipuria doesn't mean Nyane Tash what it means is, you lie on Purim. If a guy asks you, are you drunk? Do you know the difference between you're supposed to say, no, no, I don't know the difference. Even though the guy is as sober as, a, you know, as anything. He hasn't drunk anything. You're supposed to lie. Rabbanon lie and say they don't know. Even if he's not drunk at all. So maybe You have to drink. Maybe you can fill the obligation by participating in the Sudha. Or is there people there drinking? Raise your glass. Like, you're, 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 you're don't there. drink anything. You're part just like you're yeah. there. That's what Klai is. Yeah, it's not only in my show. It's in the Yosef. The Mukah Yosef says the Rambam never brings the halacha to drink. He says, yeah, drink during the Suda. He never brings Chayv Inish of Sumim Bepuriyad He never brings it. So it says in Mukah Yosef, yes, because there's no obligation to do it. The last few words, you should tell jokes. Meaning, have a be lebedic, have a good time. Until people think that you don't know the difference, but really, you don't even have to drink at all. It's just an obligation to act drunk, because again, the whole idea of drinking this really reinforces that idea. The whole idea of drinking this to this purpose to recreate the, the, the context which it took place. So we're all the whole thing is an act. So as long as you act drunk, you act like you're at a mishdayayin. Perhaps that is sufficient. The Rambam says. Yes, he says more than that, yes. He says you should fall asleep, yes. 
The Rambam is falling asleep. What was this falling asleep business about? Again, it's kind of like uh, apologetics. The Gemara said you should drink out the other. The Rambam says fall asleep. The Rambam story is the is the here. It comes to bring you back. Yeah, you shouldn't do it. Right, there's a line. So I'm trying to say we don't pass it like this Gemara at all. I understand, but there's a Yadav line that says you should not drink. You at shouldn't all. drink at all, oh, but we shouldn't bring it, so we have to deal with it. Yes, yes, that's the mitigating factor. Yes, yes, yes. But anyway, the Rambam says you should fall asleep. What's this falling asleep? And the Rambam says also you should fall asleep. So again, I think the falling asleep is just to reinforce the act, meaning a guy who's drunk and passes out on the couch. So so to here, you should uh, fall asleep to kind of uh, reinforce the idea. This uh, nature of the na- this uh, perhaps tells us more about the nature of Simcha's Purim. Is that it's not really a Simcha like another Yamim Toivim. It's a Simcha that you're supposed to act Besimcha like you're at a Mishdayayin. Like you may Mishda Besimcha, but you don't actually have to be Besimcha. And we find this reflected in two halachas. Look at your Isid Gimel. One is allowed to marry a woman on Purim. The Mishabura says you shouldn't do it. But one is allowed to marry a woman on Purim. Why? Normally, you're not allowed to get married on a Yom Tif. Because the Gemara says in Chagiga, v'samachtu b'chagecha, v'chagecha v'loy b'ishtecha. You shouldn't dilute Simchas Yamtif with the Simcha of getting married. Each one deserves its own, you know, uh, its own uh, attention, and it shouldn't uh, intermingle the two. But on Purim, you're allowed to get married. Why? Why is it different than other Yamim Taivim? And another halacha, unfortunately, comes up, is that Divrei uh, Avelos is noyeg on Purim. Yet the Ramah writes... Avelos, you shouldn't do Avelos. It's not Saiser, Shiva, it doesn't disrupt the Shiva, but yet there's no practices of Avelos on Purim. The Shulchan Aruch says you practice Avelos on Purim. The Ramah says no practicing of Avelos, not on Purim or Shushan Purim, but it doesn't cancel it, like Yom Tif. So if you don't practice Avelos, that implies that there is Simcha. At the same time, it doesn't cancel Avelos. So why is the nature of Simcha's Purim different than other Yom Tavim? Number one, you get married on Purim. And number two, it doesn't cancel Shiva, even though Shiva is not Noeg. So I believe that the Pshad is, like the Eimek Bracha quotes from the Briskirov. Here, over here, Ois Tezvav. He quotes in the name of the Briskirov, on all other Yom Tavim, we drink wine to evoke an emotion. A person is supposed to be Besimcha. You have to be Besimcha. And Basavi Yain is meant to arouse those emotions of Simcha. And that itself is what, uh, is what creates the conflict by getting married. You're supposed to have an emotion that's dedicated to Simcha's Yom Tev, and yet you also have the Simcha generated by, by Nisuin. And those two uh, dilute one another. Or you can't have Avelus, which is an emotion of sadness, together with Simcha's Yom Tev, Because that's also an emotional response and the two cannot coexist. But Simcha's Purim is, a, is, a, is an act. A, it's supposed to be genuine, but at the same time, we're just trying to recreate what took place at the, at the, at the times of the Miguel Sester. So it's you may mishta b'simcha, it's true, but you have to act b'simcha, but said the prescribed, you don't actually have to be b'simcha. You have to act, the drinking wine is to make you act b'simcha, but at the same time, it's not an emotion like on Yom Tif, that you actually have to be b'simcha. It's a little counterintuitive. But you don't have to be b'simcha, so therefore, you can't act out avelos, but yet, at the same time, it doesn't disrupt Shiva. Or you, you can get married to a, a woman on Purim, Minikaradim perhaps, because uh, it, the emotions don't dilute one another. So it could be that, that this uh, idea that we mentioned by uh, Tainus Esther, the Rishonim say that we fast on Tainus Esther, not as a Tainus of Avelos or Tsar, but to recreate what took place at the time of the Megillus Esther, can help us understand this idea of drinking on Purim and what it's about. One last mitzvah which might fit into this same 
um, uh, theme in the same context is a mitzvah of giving tzedakah on Purim. The Rambam in his uh, formulation of the mitzvah to give tzedakah on Purim, Atanas Yainim, is different than other Yamim Taivim. On every Yom Tif, the Rambam says, Misha Noel, there's an obligation to be Besimcha. And then the Rambam writes over here, Ois Tezayin, Misha Noel, Delosos, if you close your door and you don't let Anim or invite Anim to join you in your Seuda, Ainz Simchas Mitzvah, Ela Simchas Kresai. This undermines your suda as a simchas mitzvah. Because you should invite others. Rather, it's a simchas hakaris, a simcha of the belly. But yet, the Rambam in Hilchas Megillah goes even further. The Rambam writes, of course, Mutav Laharbos, Matanas of Yainim, it's better to be Marim, Matanas of Yainim, more than Sudas Purim or Mishleach Manas. But then he gives you know, a whole uh, few lines over here about the greatness of the mitzvah of tzedakah. She'ein shem simcha g'dayla mufuara l'sameach lev anim v'yisayim v'amonam v'geirim. There's no greater simcha than the misameach anim v'yisayim v'amonas v'geirim. And ha'misameach lev humlalim. If you're misameach those who are downtrodden, daima l'shechina. You are acting in the ways of the burnish l'alem l'hachyos ruach shvalim l'hachyos lev nidkoim. You're giving life to people who are downtrodden. So why does the Rambam go off over here on the mitzvah of tzedakah more so than in any other Yom Tif? He says there's no greater simcha, and if you do it, daimel l'shechina. That should, be, should have been in Hilchus Matanas Lev Yainim, or it should have been by every Yom Tif. Why only here by Purim does the Rambam make this statement? <clears throat> so I believe that it's because Matanas Lev Yainim on Purim is not a generic, a run-of-the-mill mitzvah of tzedakah, and in fact is one of the mitzvahs of Purim. Is Mishleach Manas, Sudas Purim, Matanas Avyanim is not just today's, you know, we have Moschitim also, we have an Indian to give Tzedakah, other Yomim Taivim, as the Rambam said, otherwise it undermines our Simcha. Purim, that's not what it's about. It's a mitzvah's Hayyim to give Matanas Avyanim. That's why many hold not like this Mishnah Bura. The Mishnah Bura says, Aisichhes, that when we make the Shechianu on the Kriyas HaMegil in the morning, we make two Shechianus, which is a Shia for a different time. We make a Shechianu on the Kriyas HaMegil in the morning, you should have in mind the Shleich Manos and Sudas Purim too. But he doesn't mention Matanas Lev Yonim. But the Kitzah Shechon Aruch, the Chai Adam, Free Magadam, Eran, you should have in mind Matanas Lev Yonim also. It's also a Mitzvah Hayyim, like Mishleich Manos, like Sudas Purim. That's why you have to fulfill Matanas Lev Yonim specifically during the day of Purim, Mishnah Bura says. You can't get Mishlach Manas two days before. You can't uh, eat the Sudas Purim early. So to Matanas of Yainim has to be done on the day of Purim. You can't do it earlier. It's not a regular mitzvah tzedakah. It's a mitzvah hayayim of Purim to give Mishlach Manas. Why? Why on Purim, more than any other Yom Tiv, do we have a mitzvah hayayim to give tzedakah on this day? You give it early and not Yaitzay. You have to make a Shechiyonu on this. You don't make a she- we give tzedakah all year. Why Shechiyonu now? It's a mitzvah hayayim of Purim. Why is it a mitzvah hayyim of Purim more so than any other Yom Tif? And why does the Rambam say you're daima l'shechina if you do it? So if Huttner explains in the Pachat Yitzchak a fantastic idea. He says, because what happened, what was Kal Yisrael's uh, shortcoming at the time of the Megillah Sester? Why were they uh, condemned? So the Gemara says, because they were nanem misudas achashverosh. They enjoyed the Suda Vachashverosh. What was so terrible about the Suda Vachashverosh? Everything was kosher. The Gemara says, Shesia Kedas, Enoi Nes. Everything was uh, above board. No one was forced to do anything. It was all Kertzayn Ish Ish. Whatever you wanted, they had. What was so terrible? So the Gemara explains it's because they were, uh, they were eating off the Kalim from the uh, base Hamikdash. What's so terrible? Okay, it's the wrong thing to do, obviously, but why? They should be hived to be destroyed. So the uh, Pachadis, the Gefutner, explains 
that is because how could one eat off the kalim of the Beis HaMikdash only if they didn't think the Geula or the Yeshua was going to come anytime soon. They gave up hope. So therefore they said, oh, no, this kalim from the Beis HaMikdash is not coming anytime soon. They looked at their political climate, everything that was going on in their, in their time. There's no way this is happening. So what's the point of keeping these put aside for Beis HaMikdash? Therefore they ate off the kalim. They had Yeyush. They ate off of the kalim, and uh, their great Avera was that they gave up hope. This is, in fact, a larger theme in the Megillah. We find Haman, that's the Midah of Haman. Haman gives up hope. Haman is the second in command, and he's asked to take Mordechai around on a horse and say a few things before, you know, in front of him. You know, already he's she gave up, oh, everything is lost. Well, you're still second in command. You had to walk one guy around town. What difference does it make? The answer is, Haman gave up hope also. He was, uh, whenever, every, wherever anything went wrong, Haman gave up. So Klaiso also had that Midah. They gave up that the Yeshua and the Gula was never going to come. And what did the Rebbe Shalom do by bringing about a nace of Purim? He gave them hope. He restored hope to those who had no hope. To those who had Yeyush. And therefore, says of Hunter, that's why we have a mitzvah of giving tzedakah on Purim. To recreate the Yeshua that happened for us. We had no hope. And the Rebbe Shalom gave us hope. So therefore, we come to the people who are the... Ha'umlolim, the people who are downtrodden, Yisayimim, Ammonas, Vigayim, those who have, could, could lose hope, unfortunately, that they have no one who's looking out for them, so therefore, we have to give tzedakah on Purim to recreate the nation of Purim for them, and if you do so, the Ramam says, Yudayim Elishchina, why Yudayim Elishchina only on Purim? Because that's what the Yibbana Shalom did for us on Purim, so if you do that for others, so that, uh, then we are acting in the ways of the Yibbana Shalom. So it could be that Matanas Levyonim also fits within this same theme, that we are acting out, or trying to recreate the Nisim of Purim, not only the Titus Esther, not, perhaps not only drinking on Purim, but also the Mitzvah of Matanas Levyonim, of giving hope to people uh, who were downtrodden. We also hope to have the Yeshua Hatzalah and Purim. Sometimes it's hard to see the Gula Yeshua will come, but we shouldn't have a Yeyush, we shouldn't lose hope. And the Mitzvah Shem, the Baruch Shalom, should bring about these Nisim, and the Chos of us reenacting them, we should have these Nisim in our times as well.